Hey, everyone, before we get into our interview today, we just want to thank a few of our sponsors. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Jackson Labs, the brand consultants that we trust to get our brand going in the right direction and the brand consultants you should use to do the same. We've been using them since day one and they have us absolutely dialed in. Go check them out at jacksonlabs.com. That's J-A-X-O-N. This podcast is also brought to you by our friends over at TaylorMade Golf. They've been hooking us up all season long with their new lineup of Sim 2 and Sim 2 Max drivers, ferry woods, rescues, irons, whatever you need to get your game dialed. TaylorMade's got it. While you're getting that new Sim 2 product of yours, make sure to get it fit. The TaylorMade fitting system is next to none. And while you're getting that driver fitting, why don't you take a look at the My Sim 2? You can choose from hundreds of different color combinations to deck out your driver, including your shaft, grip, everything that you want to make it the My Sim 2. This podcast is also brought to you by the apparel company that you will see us in on and off the golf course, Cricket Shirts. Cricket Shirts is inspired from the past with touches of modern design to create timeless designs that are legendary in any decade. Old school done better. Cricket Shirts. To the Four Jack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Four Jack Podcast. This is a club manufacturer edition, special one tonight. Uh, first and foremost, we'll pay some bills. Thank you to our sponsors, Cricket Shirts, TaylorMade Golf, Therabody. Go Track Social Club. And Boys. Jackson Labs. And Jackson Labs, of course. I, didn't, I had to let you jump in on that one. Thanks, bud. The brand consultants that we trust to get our brand going in the right direction, the brand consultants you should trust, too. At least some therapy occasionally. There you go. Let's uh, let's toss around the room, say hi to the fellas before we jump into our guest. Tombo? What's happening, boys? Excited to be here. Excited to, yeah, just dive in the mind of a creator, right? Making great products, doing good things, and learn a little bit more about the flat stick today. Absolutely. David, what's happening in Toronto today? Hey, gentlemen, a little rain in Toronto. It's okay. Golf season is officially, I think, over. So um, not that I've played any golf since we were in LA, but at the same time, pretty excited about our next guest, Texas-based, another great company coming out of Texas. And... Uh, Said to have, you know, a manufacturer on the pod. So it's great. Said yeah. guest. Sorry, guys. I'm moving around a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say our guest, the, our guest is trying to escape. Connection. He's moving to Dallas. He's moving to Austin. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, not at all. Just around the house. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're very fortunate to have Mr. Mike Johnson on from Peretti Golf, a very, very unique club manufacturer in the space, and we can't wait to learn his story. Mike, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Where are you posted up right now? I'm in my actually. Oh, the putting lab. Oh wow. In my, it's actually a, it's a simulator, but I'm just trying to find the best internet connection. I was on the other side of the house, and it was like it said it was unstable. Uh oh. Which is pretty much you know, that's par for most of our house is unstable. I was gonna say that's par for the course <laughs> most places these days. Exactly. There's a lot of instability <laughs> happening right now in the world, but we'll get yeah. into that another time. Absolutely. All right, we got we got you nailed down now. Yeah, we're, we're good now. I like that. I like that. Quick question about your sim: What kind of sim are you rocking? It's a Trackman. Okay, creme de yeah, creme. So I tested a bunch of them, and I uh, so we have one in our shop at Peretti, and um, 
I had the the unit obviously, so I'm like, oh, I'll just put one in the house. So it's it's awesome, man. Does it's it get like, does it get a lot of use? Them. I assume. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see the screen right there. A little That's, bit beat up. <laughs> it's taking a few balls. Yeah, that thing's taking a few balls. It's. Do you guys yeah, have? Uh, before this, we just had a net right here, and my kids. I mean, if they hit a few shanks, there's like holes down here <laughs> behind the screen. There's a bunch of holes like up in the ceiling. I'm like, all right, time to put in a simulator. Time um, to bulletproof the room up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, with the seven kids running around, that probably is the perfect source of family oh, entertainment. It's awesome. They've got all these new games and stuff now on this. And that's you know, fantastic. And all that stuff. So. All right. Well, the pressing well, question well, is, let's 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 dive into this. Yeah. Talk to us about Peretti, the brand, the inception. What was the uh, sort of the driving inspiration behind you getting into the uh, manufacturer space? So I, uh, you know, I, I actually didn't start playing golf until I was like 23, 24. Um, never really played a, any golf growing up. I played a bunch of other sports. And then I got the bug. Like as soon as I turned 23, I took an outside sales job. I was living in Utah at the time. And um, my brother's like, dude, if you're going to do this, you need to learn how to play golf because all of our customers play golf and we do like 50% of our business on the golf course. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I started playing, got hooked. And then uh, just getting into golf, obviously putting is the most important or I mean, one of the most important things. Um, and so I got pretty obsessed with it, was collecting a lot of putters and uh, just got really obsessed with like the designs and what made them different, what made them feel different, toe hang versus face balanced. And, you know, just like the balance points and everything and, and the weight of it and shafts, everything. And so one day I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to design a couple putter heads and see what we can do. So came up with some branding. My last name's Johnson. So I wasn't going to call it Johnson putters. <laughs> so I made up the name Peretti and uh, it's, I mean, we've been really lucky, honestly. We've we've uh, we've grown every year. Um, we do a lot of business overseas, but you know, when I started, I kind of knew if I'm going to do this, I need to get distribution over in Asia, Japan, and Korea, and then grow it from there. So, were you like a techie guy, or were you like a builder guy? What was the what was the beforehand on? Okay, I got to so, get into this creative process. I was actually in. Um, I was a freight broker. Okay. Yeah. So, but then before that, growing up in Utah, I was um, like big into rock climbing. And so back then I, um, we used to build climbing walls and I would like shape holds and do stuff like that. I did. I competed professionally as, as a rock climber for like two years, three years. Oh, wow. And figured out it doesn't pay anything. And I wasn't good enough for it to pay anything anyway. <laughs> so... Yeah. So we did, we did a lot of like cold shaping and I guess people ask like, where does your, like the artistic stuff come from? And I think it's just a lot of that. Um, and I think maybe, I don't know, my, like my family's not really artsy and my parents aren't. I'm just, I guess I just kind of got obsessed with it. You got you the, know? you got the mailman gene must be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think the rock climbing world though does translate nicely into creativity. Cause there's like, you're, 
as the rock climbers, I watched the Don Wall and Free Solo, and it's like they always talk about it as a problem, right? Like I got this exactly. problem in front of me that like right. there's different ways to navigate. Well, you're watching Tommy Caldwell climb across that like smooth face thing, where you're like, oh my, like, yeah. how do you even see the way through this, right? Which I think yeah. does translate well into a creative endeavor. Yeah, you're right. It's like when you go up there. Obviously, everybody's bodies are different. I'm tall. I'm like six five. Not the perfect rock climbing body, but so the the ways that other people would do things i wasn't going to do stuff the same way you know because they're shorter or whatever and so it, it does i mean you get you you have to figure out a way but man how crazy were some of those movies free solo is like dude insane the most underrated i would say probably the biggest achievement ever as far as like maybe even in sport i mean yeah. Nobody will ever do that again. Were you a free climber or were you like a rope climber? I, did, I don't know the distinction. Well, I did a lot of sport climbing, so I did a lot of bouldering. And then I did some free soloing, but it was stuff that I knew. Like, obviously, when Alex Arnold did that, he had gone, he'd climbed it a bunch of times. Right. And I was only climbing maybe 100 feet. Still stupid. Still. <laughs> but I'd done it, you know, 100 times, and I knew nothing was going to go wrong. Um. But, went, yeah, it's I didn't do that for very long. I went to the Banff Mountain Film Festival and they had a documentary yeah. about the bouldering scene that's in Utah and how back in, I don't even know, let's call it the 70s, 80s or whenever, it really kind of just took off. And there were all these people living in those small towns that were like, who are all these damn hippies coming into town with their <laughs> with their pads? And like, we don't oh. want them here. But then they realized that like, it's not a cheap thing to be in that game because it's like these pads cost a lot of money and then you have to have the time and then that kind of like developed the whole industry around it. So it right. is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some towns in Utah, like Joe's Valley is probably the one yeah. you're talking about, which is like before that, nobody was going to go up to that Canyon. It was just like a pretty big just boulders on both sides of the, the Canyon. And then, once it, got, it was discovered, actually, it was one of my good friends, Stephen Jeffrey, who really started developing it. And then he's like, dude, you got to come check this place out. And then after that, it was like crazy. But, you know, like in Salt Lake City, Little Cottonwood Canyon and all that was developed way before that. And so it's, but it, yeah, it was cool. This is exactly why we have the dynamic that we do here on this podcast, because you guys have totally lost me. I love puddles. <laughs> At the same time, this is why Tom and Parks and Paige bring so much more to just golf because Definitely. Tom, you could probably keep going and talking about this. And yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm interested. It's just something I know zero about. So it's, I'm really happy that we have. Go watch free solo. You'll be, <laughs> yeah, you'll be captivated. It'll blow your mind. It's, it's crazy. Right. It's, it's that infinite pursuit of conquering, right? I mean, mankind yeah. has always been trying to better and one up everything. I want to go back into the, the putters and, and the branding. So yeah. Mike Johnson, Johnson, the last name, didn't want to do the Johnson as a putter. I think a nice Johnson is not a bad thing to have, but Peretti, where did the name come from? We just made it up. So oh, um, wow. I actually started, yeah, I just made it up. So we, we, I mean, obviously we were looking at like some really high-end brands. I knew like we weren't going to be a tech company or like real we're not doing technology, right? Cause I saw so many companies that are like, Hey, we've made this putter and it does this. And it's cool for like maybe a year or two, but then it just kind of loses the excitement. So I knew that we just wanted to build a brand. So I was looking at just kind of high end brands like Lamborghini, Ferrari, 
I don't know, Gucci, you know, all, all like kind of luxury goods. And that's where we kind of came up with Peretti. Like we tried the golf side where we had a bunch of different kind of golf names, but it just doesn't, we knew if we were going to build an actual brand, we couldn't do like Johnson golf or, you know, vision 54 or whatever. Every time you say Johnson golf and I think of that putter, I always go back to that meme on Instagram where it's like that putter that looks like an actual Johnson. (laughs) So I'm definitely glad you didn't go that road, but exactly. Was there ever any time in the discussion of Peretti that you were like pretty like that? There's a, there's a pretty art, and that kind of flows into it, yeah. or is that separate? It's the Italians, man. They had yeah. the influence. Yeah. Pretty pure. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, Puretti, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like the hit putts. Like, oh, that's pure Puretti. So and what so- were some of the other golf brands that you were experimenting with that you found inspiration? And, in? like, I know I was a big Scotty Cameron fan, and I actually built a denim company using a crown as a logo just because I, like, yeah. loved the value that Scotty and like the, the creativity and and the value and the putter that it was like, that was a huge inspiration in my life. So I'd be interested in like, yeah, what other putters did you find? Like, was it a simple blade putter, Scotty Newport or something that you were like, wow, I really love this. Like, how do I then emulate that? Emulate it. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't as interested in like the, like mallets, obviously now we're bigger, we make mallets, but it was mostly blades and obviously Scotty was, like number one in the game. And so I collected a lot of Scotty Potter, Scotty Cameron's, David Mills or TP Mills. I tried to get the, the stuff that his dad made through it because you could see, like I've got some stuff in my office where you can see the actual marks where he's like, he's doing this stuff by hand. And to me, that's that was like, dude, that's amazing. This guy's, he did all this stuff by hand. Yeah, now made with love. Machine. Yeah, I mean, I've done some handmade stuff on just like a, on a, a manual milling machine, it's a pain in the ass and it takes forever and <laughs> it gets messy and it's not, it's, it's way better to see and see machine. But I mean, those were really the two, the two big ones, obviously Bettinardi was there too, but um, I think Scotty was definitely, definitely number one. And he didn't just do, and when I talk about branding, like he's created a pretty awesome brand, you know, like he's got so many crazy followers and, collectors and so um i guess i I just kind of saw okay what are these guys doing well it's like okay you can't just have like you know your standard line of putters you've got to do high-end stuff too and then you know once you start working with better players tour players then they ask for stuff that you don't make so then you're making that stuff and then that's the stuff where you're like okay this is just for the tour and now everybody wants that you know Mm -hmm. How, so how does that customization process work for you guys? Like, I mean, obviously you started with some kind of a benchmark lineup said, Hey, we're going to go to market with, you know, four or five, six SKUs, and it's kind of evolved. And now you're one of those sought after brands. It's like, Hey man, have you seen this stuff? This shit is wild. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. sorry to just add on to that, uh-huh. but it's like, yeah, from that early conception of the idea to like, now I'm doing like, this is my life. Like I'm doing this. What was the, what was that early stage of the journey like? So from the beginning, um, the, the other guy that I did this with, I was like, look, I'll do the putter side of it. And he's like, this guy was graduated from Rice and super smart guy. He's like, I know how to build a website. Like I learned a couple weeks ago how to build a website. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, so he builds this kick-ass website um, and then came up with a few different designs. And then 
But from there, it was like we. So the first two putters that we made, we only did twenty five pieces of each. It was a center shaft and then like a kind of an answer style putter. And I mean, it, it took probably six months, to eight months, just to sell those. You know, and we were getting on, you know, golf equipment forums. Um, I don't know if you guys know what putter talk is. Uh, obviously, golf WRX. Um, all these different forums where we were trying to just to push the name out there. And then that was kind of before Instagram really took off. Facebook was the biggest thing for sure. So that's kind of how we pushed in the beginning, but I still worked full time at my other job. And it took me about a year and a half to build Peretti like six months into it. He left. So then I was like, okay, how do I, his wife got, she went to a, uh, an interior design school up in New York. So he's like, I got to go. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll buy you out and then we'll continue. I'll continue this. And so um, it was really the, the thing that really took us to like the next level was going to the PGA show. Okay. And so back then the PGA show, the first show we went to, it was crazy, like packed. And so when we went, I'm like, let's just bring as many putters as we can. We brought like 250 putters. And we sold them like basically a day and a half in. Wow. We had nothing left. And, and then from there, we had distributors from Japan, distributor from Korea. They're like, hey, we want to take your brand and we want to go build it in Japan. And so from there, we signed contracts with Japan that first year and then Korea the second year. And just from doing that, it's like, okay, now we're making thousands of putters you know, we can get, we can for sure count on this, <clears throat> on this business coming in. And so from there, I was like, okay, I'm leaving my job. I'm leaving freight behind and I'm going to go do this full time. But, uh, man, it was a grind in the beginning though. It's like, you're up at, we were up at, I don't know, two, 3 AM just trying to get orders out. I wasn't going to hire anybody cause I couldn't afford it. You know, but you always hear that at the beginning. And like, I know it's definitely yeah. been in my life that three o'clock stretching into four o'clock then you're like shut it down for three hours back up in the morning and like you're just burning that midnight oil can't stop but won't stop it's kind of like what it takes to get that rock to the top of the mountain right like and then eventually you do something you find that way which is cool to hear about the early journey where yeah those golf forums were like that's how you kind of connect with the influencers and some people that are going to take a risk they're early adopters who are who's exactly who you need and then it's like okay we've built a little bit of an understanding on our product, got some feedback and then you take the refined version to the PGA show. And then it's like, Holy shit. Like we got something. Yeah. Like people yeah. really want this. Right. Exactly. It was super exciting for me. I mean, it's like, cause you never really know. And it's so funny cause living in Houston, I don't know if you guys know who Kirk Curry is. Um, he made putters for, what was it? Spalding. Anyway, he manufactured putters for some big companies back in the day. And I saw him somewhere. Um, I think I was at a driving range, like doing a demo day or something. And he's like, man, this is not the business you want to be in. He's like, if I were you, I'd get out like now, you know? And then I'm kind of like, well, dude, I mean, come on. I'm not going to just give up. I, it's just then when I felt like it's like, okay, we're starting to make some headway. But then shortly after that is when we signed these distributors. And But it's definitely not an easy business. And you have a lot of people that fail at it, obviously. And um but it takes that grind where you're just like, if you want to, like for me, I get obsessed about stuff. You know, I have the OCD where I'm like from sun up to sundown. This is, that's where my brain is. Right. 
you know? And so it's like, you're not the nine to five guy. It's like, I'm awake oh. and I'm working and then I go to bed. And even when I'm dreaming, sometimes my work <laughs> finds a way yeah, in work. there. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, holy shit idea. Yeah. yeah. You wake up, you're like, Oh, you know, this would be cool. Yeah. Let's do this. So now we got a little insight into yeah. why we couldn't get them on the pod for like months and months. We had to lever- <laughs> leverage people down in Texas to track them down. David, you got something? Yeah. So that would have been what? 2011, 2012. Uh, first PGA shows that. Yeah. 2011. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I remember when you guys first launched all day enough. I cannot for the life of me remember the company, but right across from you guys was someone that sold a bunch of circle T's and I couldn't yeah. figure out why all these people were all lined up. Yep. It was like almost like this wave when they sold out all the circle T's. And then like, there's, I think you guys, Ben Arnie, there's a few guys kind of making, I think Tyson Lamb was just starting. Yeah, exactly. Again, it was kind of like you guys. And I was like, Whoa, what's this all about? And yeah, again, it was just kind of a, you know, I could tell you what the company was called. I knew there. It was, uh, oh, who, it was, um, it was called oh, his name's Jim. <laughs> um, I can see his face, but yeah, he was, every single year and scotty would come up and sign things and- right exactly They'd have the, it was crazy because i would see this and this guy he would he had this booth and, and you saw it you had, they had i don't know how many maybe 50 putters on the racks and then maybe another 50 in back and they sold everything and the first it wasn't even like they had you had to stand in line they wouldn't just let you in the booth you had to stand in line i'm just watching this and and they're their tickets are like $10,000, you know, $20,000. These people were spending on all these putters. And I was like, this is insane. You're like, but, over, uh, here, over here, <laughs> yeah, over here. Well, it, it's head covers, like they would have like, you know, US Open, Scotty Cameron head covers, like yeah. crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually when I ran into the guys from TP Mills at that time. And, you know, I think David was just starting to do some handmade stuff yeah. again. And, it was kind of an interesting time because I got talking with him and obviously, you know, they tried to do work for Mizuno, they did work for Spaldi and like right. worked for everyone. It felt like it's funny, like how Scotty did sort of similar with Mizuno and some of the others. And right. He just kind of stuck. But at the same time, it's kind of interesting. And some of your inspirations were TP Mills because I do yeah. own a few of kind of, you know, the original ones and yeah. you know, they're pretty beautiful and you yeah, about, like, so the cool. hand marks and, yeah, you know, like literally, he missed there, and like the team, yeah, exactly. the, it's a little longer on this one, so yeah. pretty cool. Funny, right? so. funny story about uh, TP Mills. So, I actually called David. This is when I was like super obsessed with putters. I called David, and I'm like, I want to come work for you, like, I want to I want to help you build this company. He's like, You have no experience, I'm like, no, I'm like, All right, I'll do it on <laughs> Sorry, my own, bro. I'll do it for free. <laughs> I'm seriously, man. I was like, You. T- barely have to pay me anything i'm just you know i feel like i can help you out and um because i think his dad was like the true artist and was like super passionate about it and obviously it makes david money but he wasn't like just in love with what he was doing you know and so i think you need somebody that's like in love with it to be like hey let's push this thing because what you have is great let's push it forward yeah. I, I had a request, just so this is even funnier. So the National Golf Club of Canada, super high-end private club in Woodbridge, yeah. Ontario, just north of Toronto. And we got a request for a custom putter for one of their members. And literally, I remember calling up David and he had a sales guy by the name of Jay, and I couldn't tell you what his last yeah, name is. Either. Jay, uh, 
Is it Jay Green? Yeah, Jay, Jay Green. Green. Yeah. yeah, okay. He sells yeah, like exotic right. leather stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Right, and uh, yeah. and so I call up Jay. And he's like, oh, I'll see what we could do. And like literally he goes, here's five putters off a shelf. <laughs> like that was there. And I said, sent it to the, the golf club. They kind of said, we want that one. Well, the etching came back and you would have thought a child did it because it yeah. was so bad. Yeah. But the guy felt so happy that he got the – he paid five grand for it. You know, and Jason's like, well, how many more of these can you sell? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. a lot. How many more do you have? <laughs> so it was like one of those kind of funny stories. But I could tell you, David didn't touch it. He said, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff my dad did 10 years ago over there. Right. Go sell it if you want to sell it. I think yeah. Jay probably hammered it together. And yeah. yeah not, exactly. not, not the finest work ever. But anyway, some, oh. some member at the Nationals, super happy. Yeah, I remember when they, they found a bunch of stuff, like back in the warehouse. And that's what yeah. Jay was like we're finding all this stuff back here in boxes and stuff that Truett did that it's like every single one's one of a kind. And this is stuff that was made for like guys like Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino and all these other guys. And so people are like, Oh yeah. I want that. Treasures, man. Treasures. One man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> I had mean, these things happen like the back of the warehouse, like, Oh, no big deal. Just leaving back there. Oh, and they, they're like, Ooh. so funny. <laughs> so, you guys, you started off at the putter line. I see the website. Obviously, we have some uh, some friends that are, you know, big proponents of the Pretty brand and can't stop talking yeah. about it on Instagram and everything. Shout out Nick, friend of the show. Yeah, Nick's awesome. But what what have you guys done to kind of diversify your offerings? I see there's some black irons potentially coming out, some head covers, yeah, so all kinds of cool stuff. Do, you know, aside from putters, so the, the really the one thing that we did different with putters when we started is we made everything heavier. So like the average weight of a, a blade was like maybe 340. And our we started at 365. And now we have the elite line. So it's like 355, 365, 375. But it, it was funny, like in the beginning, I made a bunch of putters and would do demo days and I'd make putters at like 340 and all the way up to like 400 grams. And wow. in the beginning, all the heavy ones sold, like all of them sold. And it was like, well, the light ones, I didn't tell the people what they weigh. They just like pick it up and start putting it. Like, Man, this feels amazing. Like it feels like I don't have to really swing it. It just kind of swings itself. And so that's really what we did was we made things heavier. And then also one of the things I didn't like about um, other brands is they, they put a little, a lot of loft on the face and I'm a left eye dominant person. And so when I looked down at the putter, it looked so shut to me. Mm. And then not only that, it would kind of jump off the face. And so I was like, okay, let's find like the optimal loft where it, it looks square, you know, to both guys that are right and left eye dominant and also puts a better roll on the ball. And that's how we came up with the, the two and a half degrees loft versus it was like four or five at the time. Okay. Let's dive down the rabbit hole a little bit here. Insert milled face grooves. What's the secret sauce in the putter world? Loft. I mean, loft determines the role, mostly. It, it, it's it's tough to get, obviously, on long putts, maybe like a 50-footer. You might hit the ball hard enough to where the face is actually grabbing, you know, but you look at um, a lot of the putters from the past that were supposed to be like the ones that rolled really good, like the Seagrove putter. That was one and a half degrees loft. Hmm. Um, yeah, just the, stop uh, that skid-type motion so the ball starts yeah, rolling but, end of right. earlier 
Right. And so you see that, uh, you know, a lot of the people, they'll hit putts with mine, even guys on tour. I made one free in Poulter. He's like, it comes off the face really fast. And I'm like, well, we can put less loft on it or more loft on it. So you can see it like, cause it will come off a little bit slower that way, you know, and, but it, because it jumps, it's not rolling right, right. off the bat. Right. It's still skidding a bit. Right. It's still skidding a bit. So to them, it looks, they, all of a sudden something looks like, you know, it's rolling right off the face and they're like, well, it's coming off way too fast. But interesting. It, yeah. It's just loft. And I mean, there's, there's, and that's really why, we have some inserts, but it's there. Are, we do a copper insert. We've done German stainless inserts, but that's all for feel. Right. It, it doesn't change, in my opinion, it doesn't change the roll enough. You can change the roll by, like mallets, you put the weight in the back of the putter, you know, towards the back flange, or um, with the blade is just just loft. But just then from there, it's feel. Quick question, then I guess. Yeah, took a deep dive through your website. Obviously, I see a range of prices on different putters. Maybe take us through, like, yeah, what you're getting in each series of putter that you're you're purchasing. Whether it's the like entry level Peretti versus like, right. is it a one off custom like those three thousand dollar ones? Yeah, so um, the three hundred three midnight series, they're four hundred bucks, and that is that's basically the entry level putter. So. Those putters, they don't have any sole inserts. They don't have weights in the bottom of them. 100% milled. Um, great putters. I mean, yeah, awesome. Still premium product. Uh, we wanted something different to where people could change out the weights because pe- people ask for it a lot. And so that's when we came out with the Elite Series. Obviously, they're a little bit more expensive to make. And they come with, like, the weight kit. And so that's why the, the price is a little bit more. But then there's the people that are like, I don't want those. I want something completely custom. For me, you know, well, even before that, we do some limited edition stuff too. It's where it's like, we'll do runs of a hundred pieces, mm-hmm. you know, and after these hundred, we won't make any more ever again. So people want those. Obviously. Scarcity. Exactly. Yeah. Guys like me that are looking on the website going, God damn, I can't click on this. What the, what's going on here? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I'm going to have to have them on the show and yeah. see if there's one hiding in his yeah. garage or one in the back <laughs> shop somewhere. Yeah, totally. I promise you, man. I know everything that's in my shop. <laughs> I love it. That's I'm not gonna, one day I'm not going to go back there and be like, oh my goodness, look at all these putters back here. Yeah, 60 putters <laughs> back here in boxes. What was I thinking? Where was my inventory? I, I think it was way more. Just to go back to that team, too, those, I think they found boxes of these things. Oh, yeah. And Jay could, like, for context, like, it just said jack on them. And there was like 15 putters. And David's like, yeah, go sell them. Jay's like, who's Jack? Jack Nicholas, oh Arnold, God. and there's like a bunch of blades. Yeah, exactly. it's like, just like my first day, but he's going, I could sell these? Okay. Like yeah. crazy, crazy, exactly. crazy. You know, once you've, once you're kind of in it and you're making putters for all these players and stuff, we made a lot of putters for different tour players, worked with Finau for a long time, Henrik Stenson, um, a lot of different tour players. And like in the beginning, you're like, man, this is really cool. This putter's made for. Tony Finau, or this one, we made this for Henrik, we made this one for, we made stuff for Ricky Fowler, and a bunch of different guys, you're like, this is really cool, but then, you know, it's like, it, not that it, it's, it's amazing when they're using it, but when you make it, and they don't use it, it's kind of like, to me, it's like failure, right? Yeah, it's a lot of work. Like, oh, that one, he said, was too light, that one, he didn't like the way it popped off the face. Right, 
most of the time, honestly, like most of the time with the big guys, it's contracts. Um, but yeah, but you still feel like, man, I couldn't get him into the putter. So every time I'd see these putters, I'm like, dude. So we'll take us down that process. It's a reminder of the evolution, man. Yeah. Like, can you dive a little in the process of like trying to secure someone that is of that talent and like what that looks like? Is it just reach out to an aid? Like, how did you go about talking to Tony Finau, I guess? So Tony and I'm, I'm from Utah. I grew up in Utah. So we have that connection a little bit. So I'd see him out on tour. This was when he was signed with Nike. So we had to use all Nike clubs, Nike, everything. Um, and so I talked to him and stuff and, and, uh, but then when Nike stopped making, um, golf clubs, that's when he like was kind of looking around and stuff and he came over and hit some putts with mine. And he's like, this thing's, this is really good. Can I use it? And like the next week he finished third in San Antonio, you know? And so, and then from there we developed a pretty good relationship, but I mean, even before that, uh, um, kind of our big breakthrough was Henrik Stenson. And so I got my tour credentials, uh, like 2012. So I met Henrik in 2012 at the Honda classic. Um, but, but before that, like you, so they tell you, so I contacted the PJ tour, like, Hey, I want to go out there. They said, well, you have to have somebody using your stuff before you can get out there. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to do that? If I'm not out there, there. <laughs> go out there, the chicken then, or the so, egg, man, what is it? Yeah. And so. I actually had a buddy that was, um, I was caddying for that was, he was playing in the Monday qualifier in Houston and I caddied for him and he played with tag writings and tag sauce putter. And he's like, dude, this is cool. Can you make me one? So I made him one and took it, brought it. He got in, he shot like 64, got in Monday in. And then, uh, I, I brought the putter out to him and he used it that week and putted pretty well. Um, and so from there, I'm like, okay, so I called the PGA Tour, and they're like, okay, let us check the Daryl survey. They check it out. They're like, okay, we'll send you your credentials. And so, and then from there, you're going out to all these tournaments, right? So you're going out there, you're putting the bag out on the green, and then you're just waiting, you know, if somebody comes up. And in like the first couple of years, we're like, what's this? Peretti, we've never heard of this. It looks cool. You know, and we got, I, I probably got one or two guys every single week. And it was those one or two guys. There's all there's guys on the PGA Tour that you know you're going to get them eventually because they're like putter whores. They they change every two weeks. Yeah, you, you know just, eventually they're gonna they're gonna bail. They gotta wander <laughs> over sometime. I'm one of those guys too. I just changed yeah. from ready to ready. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but um, Stenson in so in 2012, I'm on the putting green and it's the dude, the storm's coming in. Right. And it's, it's a Wednesday afternoon. And so I'm about ready to leave. Like my flight leaves in three hours. He walks up. He's like, dude, these are really cool. Let me hit some putts. They hit some putts. And he's, uh, he's like, well, tell me the story. So I start, start telling him the story about it and how it's mine. And, you know, he's asking about different designs and stuff and it starts pouring. Like it's torrential downpour and he's still, hitting putts and like his caddy has the umbrella over him. He's like, <laughs> it does nothing, but I'm just standing there. I've got like slacks on a golf shirt. I am completely soaked. <laughs> like when I walked off the putting green, my shoes were like squirting out water. That's how then I have to go catch a flight. Right. Oh man. But yeah, so he put it in play that week and finished like 25th. And at the time he was 200th in the world, somewhere around 200. Um, then the following week he went down to Puerto Rico, almost won there. 
And so then he was like, he called me, he's like, Hey, uh, like, what's the deal? What do you need? Like a business partner, you know, can I buy into the business? And where I'm like, well, just, why don't you just continue to use it and we can talk about it? Well, fast forward to 2013. So he played pretty good through, through 2012 and 2013. He's like, I don't have a contract um, for the bag. And I'm like, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll sell you 10% of Peretti and you, but you have to use the golf bag and like cover on your, on your driver and three wood, like Peretti cover on your driver three wood for the rest of the year. And that's when he won the, he won the FedEx cup that year, you know, it competed in every major. And it was like, I mean, for a guy to be like, okay, I'll give you money to use your stuff and buy a piece of the business. Like it doesn't, I still look back and I'm like, how the hell did I pull that off? You stood in the rain, man. Yeah. You you endured all that rain (laughs) was definitely worth it. That was the final test. That was the foreshadowing for, you know, the and potential. I, even then, I think Henrik was almost like, man, I'm 200th in the world. Haven't been playing great. Maybe I need something to like fall back on. Yeah, I think it was almost five. that for him. And then he wins the FedEx Cup. He won like, and then he went over and won the race to Dubai that year too. So he wins the playoffs on both sides. And then in total, I think he won like $15 million that year, like 15 or 20 million. How, how much attention did that in turn kind of spin to the business where guys paying a little more attention like hey wait a minute what's this shit that he's got on his bag here oh yeah for sure because you're you're seeing him on tv like the the u.s open he played well the pga championship he almost won masters he had a so he was like what was he six six or eight under something like that going into 18 and made a quad but he's on tv the entire time and he's got this big yellow and blue Peretti bag. And so, yeah, we got a lot of exposure. Um, and then when he finally won with it, like the golf magazines and stuff, got a lot of uh, attention from them. And and then also it helps sells, you know, overseas. He's he's a decently popular guy over in Japan. Yeah. So sells over there. But it really just kind of helps move the brand. Of forward. course. It's that exposure. You're touching all points of the world. What's right. your, what's your brand presence over like in Europe? Obviously, there's not. You guys do e-commerce, right? You have a platform right. to purchase online. Do you have any physical brick and mortars, or is there any kind of satellite office over in in Europe? We've Asia? Got, we have like some small um, distributors. The tough thing about Europe is the VAT. I mean, it's they hit them over the head. So anytime we ship something over there, it's forty uh, percent. I think is what they pay on top of. Oh. Similar to Canada, similar to Canada. Yeah, similar to Canada. And then even in China, too. Like we looked into doing business in China because there's a decent golf market over there. And we were like, there's no way you can do it. You can ship it into Hong Kong and then from Hong Kong, they can do it there. But there's just so many different, you know, different countries have different rules and tariffs. Exactly. And the tariffs just they kill. them. Yeah, it's unfortunate because a lot of brands don't survive because of that you know, prices them right out of the market they, they don't even have a chance to enter there's a huge barrier right so you're just you're not in the game right out of the gate which really sucks are you guys right. thinking more clubs in future wedges diversifying a little further you're gonna f- continue to focus on the putters what what does the future yeah. look like for you guys you know i i've we, we make some irons we have a company over in japan that makes wedges and irons for us and they're really good yeah they I mean, look beautiful by the way 
they're really good. The cool thing that, that we can do that others can't is when our irons come in. So if you say, hey, this is I play my irons a half inch over and I want them to swing without a D2. Well, we know exactly, well, depending on the shafts, we know exactly which weight the heads need to do that. Well, manufacturers, big manufacturers, they don't do that. So if you say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, build these at half inch over, they're going to come in heavy um, and some of them are going to have tip weights in them. So instead of making them properly, they're taking the tip weights and putting it in the heel and then give them to you. Well, your seven iron, you might hit a hook with your seven iron and then, the, you know, your six irons going straight and then. And so we, we build our irons, they're built to spec. Um, the head weights are exactly what they should be. So we're never adding tip weights. It sounds very Mura like. Yeah, I was going to ask Mike about Johnson. Some, some grain structure here. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so it's, and, it, and really like Japan, that's what they're known for, right? They're, they're so anal about making what they make perfect. So their irons are so good um the, the forgings feel better than anywhere else you know it's they do it right yeah we had bill halawati the coo from mira golf on not that long ago and he okay, cool. something that really resonated with me the the manufacturing process for the forging on the on the heads he says and forgive me i'm gonna mess this up but the sort of association was you take a glass jar you fill it with marbles and you hit something and yeah, you can get impact and it, it maybe distributes the 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 force differently, but a right. mirror would be that glass of jar or sorry, that jar of marbles with sand in it, essentially. And it's right. a little bit of a more denser sort of stable hit and it doesn't disperse that energy too far out. So it right. sounds like that's kind of the premise that you guys are operating on. Too. Yeah, you know, that and then we can do different grinds. And I mean, once somebody can call us and be like, I like what you have, but I'd like to see it like maybe a little smaller and then maybe a blade, like a muscle bat. And we can do that. Sounds like a parksy thing. Sounds like, uh, yeah, we need to talk off air here, Mike. What's your presence like in Canada? <laughs> uh, Canada, we do stuff with modern golf. Um, we do actually do a lot of web sales okay. up in Canada. Yeah. So uh, that's been good. Um, we were with uh, Golf Town. We still do a little bit with Golf Town. Um, it's, but, but for us, it's when somebody asks for like 90 day terms, I'm like, napes. Yeah. yeah. Those, the big stores are like that where they want 90 day terms. And then, you know, something happens. It's like, you're not going to get the product back. Yeah. They want you to finance the buy and then they can sell exactly. it and, and profit off it first and then pay their bills. Yeah, exactly. Which I think Which, that is kind of like, obviously there's a couple mega players that it may not change, but I think due to the direct to consumer world that is forcing a bit of a change there. I know like Best Buy sure. has had to adapt their practices from like, we are going to buy and own the inventory to like, we're basically you're leasing space on our floor and that's what you pay for. And yeah, then your product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Model, which is a little more fair. Cause then it's like, okay, like what is it to get some space here rather than like, I'm going to sell you these, but not get paid for 90 and then maybe have some weird Costco buyback deal that like is okay. Yeah, then they do these buybacks where I'm like the first time we did something, they're like, Hey, we've got, I can't even remember what it was, but I'm like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Chargebacks. Oh, or, or somebody returns something and they're like, Hey, can we send this back to you guys? I'm like, huh? No. Used and yeah, like, no. 
Why would you guys even take it back? It looks like the guys had it for a year. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of like takes that moment of like, oh, wow, we just got into this major retailer. This should be an exciting moment to like, I hope this doesn't bankrupt me. Yeah, it's playing with yeah, the mafia. Oh, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like if you have, I don't know, if you have a bunch of inventory in one of those stores and then they go belly up. You're, I mean, for a company like us, we're not a billion dollar company. It hurts. Not yet. I know exactly. I know exactly what it's like to chase some of the bigger yeah. stores. If any of uh, our cricket people are listening, we, April still hasn't been paid. Probably, but, um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyways, oh, you're moving on. Money. This is the AR. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I have a question just about customization, yeah. and you know, we have a guest on you know our next pod you know, in a little bit here, he was, you know, not familiar with the band brand, one of the top five NHL players. He asked me, you know, how do I get a custom putter? Do people request stuff like that? How does that work? Cause that's something you guys do. You know, if you wanted to yeah. do something for charity, like, is that something you guys can do or how does that process? Absolutely. Work? So, um, they would basically just contact us. Um, I've got a guy in my shop, Bill Craig. He's awesome. You tell him exactly what you want. Um, he'll tell you if we can do it or if we can't do it. You know, most of the time we're not going to, if somebody says, Hey, I want, I'm going to send you like something that I designed. I want you to do that where they're changing the, the head shape and the neck, all that stuff. It's not something that we can't do, but for us to shut down our machines for, cause it's to, to program the machine and then you've got to do the tooling and all that stuff. It's not worth us for us to do that, but we can say, okay, what do you want? And if he's like, Hey, I want a blade, but I want this neck. We can do all that stuff. They want cool. they want a certain finish. I think know, this one to be pretty simple, but I think we, <laughs> I think sure we that's something yeah. you guys do. I think we got our yeah, take, our answer for Mark. I'm thinking I'd like a custom Peretti putter, but it, I would like it to say Johnson on it, so that <laughs> I can tell them that like it's the real the, story. It's the real Peretti. Exactly. The shit's authentic. It has yeah, and it has all that BDE energy on it, right? Like that's what it. I'm thinking. Exactly. I love it. Um, Maybe that's like my next uh, limited edition. Yeah. The Johnson. Like BDE edition. The BDE. Love it. Let's. Butter head cover. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unsnap the balls Just and a pull nice, the shaft <laughs> off. Just a nice bell oh, end. There's, there's so many things I'm like, oh, this would be so funny, but I can't do it. It would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, let's shout out your socials. Where can people find you, Mike? Maybe your website. Uh, so, um, we're most active on um, Instagram, which is Peretti Golf. And then our website is ParettiGolf.com. Beautiful. We're going to f- change gears here a little bit. We're going to do something fun to close out the show. We call this segment Perfect. the Rapid Fire 10, not so rapid fire. So 10 skill testing questions. We're going to try and, <laughs> we're gonna try and fire them as fast as possible, but that typically doesn't work out. So, Mike, are you ready? Yes. Absolutely. Don't you just love how any the harp is one of our favorite sound effects? Yeah, that was fantastic. It, I was like, Ooh, I like how he automatically went into like sensual mode. There. Sexy. Are you ready, Mike? BDE, BDE mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this isn't that. That that's the after nine podcast. All right. Question number one, Mike Johnson. What did you have for breakfast today? Coffee. That's it. Just coffee. Turbo coffee. Extra coffee yet? Spoken like a true true entrepreneur. Question number yeah. two. Fur, leather, lace, or latex? Oh, man, I'm going to have to say lace. Okay. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I like that. You're going to see the Peretti Lace Edition putter cover coming oh, out. All of those, all. 
like yeah, everything together. That's sexy. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> What's in the bag right now, Mike? What are you swinging for wrenches? So I got uh, the Pretty Irons. Um, I've got Pretty Wedges that I had the guys over in Japan make for me. And then uh, I've got a the Ping 410. Um, I've got a tailor-made. It's the new three-wood. The Sim 2. Hellcat, Sim two. illegal, Sim two. long. I take you know, three wood, but three woods change. I mean, you can see these are like, those are a bunch of my three woods right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they change in a hurry. And then I carry a hybrid. So, but if I'm playing like a different course, I'll swap in like a two iron over the hybrid or. Oh, okay. Two iron. And then the putter is every single day. Right now I'm using an 801, um, like long slant neck. Okay. That says on the bumpers, it says D's nuts. There we go. <laughs> There's that BD. Is that a, a blade putter or? It's, yeah, it's a blade. It's a, it's a, yeah, custom blade. I'm a big double wide blade putter. Do you guys have any yeah. of those options? Yeah, so we do. So funny thing about Peretti is we were the first brand to take like the answer style putter and to make it wide, Beautiful. which was the cottonwood too. And now everybody does it, but. People are like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Like but that. yeah, we, we've got the Cottonwood 2 is really good. It's not like double wide, but it's a little bit wider. But then we have other stuff too that gets a lot wider. So if we found your address broke in your car, how many putters are in the back of your car right now? Oh, the guy's got There's OCD. No, I'm just bullshit. No chance. There's, There's like problem. nine. No joke. I may have taken some out, but at any given time, there's at least seven or eight. Yeah, legit. Right? I knew that. <laughs> yeah. If anybody's looking yeah. for a putter, Mike Johnson's address. We'll post it after the show. Uh, what kind of ball are you playing, Mike? I play the Titleist. I go back and forth. I played the Strixon XV. Um, recently, I've been playing the, the Pro V1X left dash ball. What year is, is that? 2019? Is that the 2019? It's a, 2021. So, yes, yeah, 2021. They used to not sell it. And so I was, somebody gave them to me and I was like, this ball is pretty good. I'm yeah. hearing great things about it. No, it's good. It really is. It's good. I like it a lot. Better um, than the 19, David? I'm just hearing good things. I hear <laughs> okay. long. You get, I hear flights better. Not I hear a this. lot of great things. The guy's going to yeah, get some yeah. text messages yeah, from his friends nice. if he says anything. Mike's got the sim, so maybe we just got to throw some balls to him and say, hey, man, we need we need you to test, test pilot these. Yeah, exactly. Uh, question number four, the rapid fire, not so rapid fire. Mike, are you an outfit guy? Do you get dressed in the dark? Do you got to match it up? What's your what's your go-to golf course look? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, this is it. I got a Grayson shirt on. It was a Congaree. I don't know if you guys have been yeah. there, Congaree. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I always have Jordan shoes on. I'm a shoe whore. Love it. So I've got a lot of Jordan golf shoes and, I mean, like, Stuff like this, like oh, the damn SBs, and this is those are dope. What I wore, very nice. So for our yeah, listeners, I, uh, what kind of pattern is that on those Nikes? I don't even know. It's like a it's almost like cheetah yeah. snakeskin or something. <laughs> no, it's the no, no, it's the elephant Jordan. It's uh, they're laggers. They're on the retro threes, the original yeah. elephant print. This is a little different pattern, but and I've I've got some of the. Like the elephant one, man. I've got, yeah, my closet. I think we got to hook Pat Perez up with you. You guys are like soulmates. He should be swinging oh, your putter. You can get stuff that I can't get though. 
see if i want the stuff that he has i have to go buy it on like stock x or goat something like that and it's astronomical yeah mucho dinero uh question number five mike you're heading to the golf course we've got a serious round coming maybe an event maybe a member guest you want to show up What's the warm-up routine look like? Anything methodical you go through, or you just couple drivers straight to the tee? How serious is it? It's real. This is a real member, deal. Member guest, member guest, I'm probably going to show. I'll get there pretty maybe like an hour early, depending on who I'm playing with. Go to the putting green, then go grab a cocktail, then I'll go hit some balls. Um, I always have to warm up, dude. I'm old, you know. I got my back's screwed up. I was playing Six golf. five. We'll get him a tear gun. Yeah, I think we got to we'll yeah, come up with a thing. I got a tear gun, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I warm up. I like to warm up for at least, you know, 30, 45 minutes hitting balls. Good. And then if I can, I'll definitely putt, but chip too. Yeah, that's, that's – yeah, I get pretty standard. serious about it, honestly. I, I never really just show up. The last time I'll tell you. So the last time I just showed up and played, like I, I was, I had a business, I had a, a meeting in the morning, and we were playing um, CT Pan. We were playing with him here, and so they're on like hole seven, and I see him as I'm pulling in, and they're like, "Oh, do you want to warm up?" I'm like, "No, man, screw it. I'll just come to the first tee." Did I rip like a hybrid down the fairway, and I pulled an intercostal muscle. That's the <laughs> muscle that attaches to your rib. Oh. <laughs> seriously Ouch. so like the rest of the day i'm like after that i was like "Ooh, that kind of hurt and then the next swing i'm like oh man what did i do to myself oh where's a beer cart uh, yeah, yeah get exactly. the cart girl over here we gotta get we gotta get this fixed all right well this beer is a good all day. this is a good segue into our uh question number seven what is our go-to snack at the turn? We pull an intercostal. We're looking for what? A couple Miller Lights, pack of cigarettes, maybe a non-chai latte. What's the go-to? Man, I'll usually get uh, – it, it changes. I'll get – if I'm at my course, I'll probably just get like a hot dog or like a turkey sandwich. Um, it just kind of depends if they have something special that day. Sometimes I'll get a cigar. Or, All right, I like this. Know. I like this. Yeah. What about a hot dog? Are you a hot dog guy, burger dog guy? Uh, Big dog yeah. guy. I like hot dogs. They're fast, you know. They're not messy. That's What's right. your dog toppings? Are you Dale Valelli plain uh, dog in it, or are you gussying I, I, it up? So I'll do. If I can only put one thing in a hot dog, it would be pickled jalapenos. Oh wow! Great choice. That's aggressive. <laughs> Great choice. That's spicy. I thought we were going ketchup or mustard there, and I was <laughs> we were about to make some judgments, but exactly. like he's not a wallpaper no, guy. And then I would go uh, probably mustard before ketchup. Same, same. Pickled jalapenos. Okay, I like this. Spicy. Question Guy number is eight. From Texas. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with Texas. Question number eight. Favorite tracks. Maybe give us. Have you played golf in Canada first and foremost? Yes, I've never sir. even been to Canada, dude. Actually. I've never been, and I have heard amazing things. Oh, about well. Golf in Canada. There we go. You know, I grew up in Utah, so you have like the mountain golf there, but. I've seen pictures of some of the golf in Canada. It doesn't even come close. Anytime you want to come up here, we will be happy to host you and get you yeah, out on some great I, golf I, courses. Well, Let's do well, it. Yeah, I would say as far as golf courses go, um, probably number one for me is Cypress Point. Um, yeah. Legit. That's just like, yeah, it's it's one of those courses that you can play every day. It's not like. It's kind of special. Super tough. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> 
It's hard. Like if I had to play one course for the rest of my life, it wouldn't be Augusta. It would be Cyprus because just the walk and everything about it is so cool. It's in an amazing spot, you know, right there. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I mean, aside from that, uh, trying to think of some other really good Pebble Beach. We play Pebble Beach. That's good. Pasa Tiempo right there, kind of in, in that same area is really good. What about your hood? You got um, some good tracks out there. Yeah, so I play at a place called Lockenbar. It's good. It's like one of the only one of the last uh, all men's clubs in the country, which they're going down fast. My wife's like <laughs> burning. When I she's like, I can't go out there. <laughs> I'm like, you never went to the last place we were at. So um, <laughs> it's it's a good spot. Uh, there's a course called Whispering Pines. It's like an hour and a half from here. It's kind of not halfway between Houston and Dallas, but maybe like a third of the way. And it's, it's really good. It has like, I think like five or six of the best holes in Texas on the one golf course. Do you get a chance to get out and play with uh, Saglanich at all? He claims to hit it like 350 and we can't confirm or deny. No, so he was actually, he, he texted me. Last week, and he's like, "Hey, I'm planning about, I'm thinking about coming down because he knows one of my buddies, Kevin Walter, and another dude named Memo. Um, he's does EMC Jets, and then Kevin is a football, a retired football player. And so he's like, dude, I'm thinking about coming down. I'm like, yeah, come on. And he never happens. So. He fanned on you. Come on, Nick. I'm waiting for you. Got on the tequila, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude, right there, man." This is, he sent me this actually. Beautiful. Love oh, it. Nick, right there. What tequila are you sipping on? Monster. It was, uh, what's it called? I think I saw it on Instagram today, actually. Tres Cuatro, something like that. That's okay. the one. That I got some off of that Sip Tequila website, and it was supposed to be a really good one. Extrañejo. We have to add a uh, Houston tour, Texas tour. I think so. Yeah, uh, it's we have a reason to go now, for yep. sure. Yeah. For sure, you guys should come out. But we're thinking about doing a like a Brady golf tournament. Let's do it. If we did something like that, you guys should for sure come down. We'll have like maybe 40, 50 players. Um, it would be right. have fun. We got a grudge match to settle with Siglanich and Nitties. So I think uh, Team Peretti, Forjack, is going to beat on these guys. Let's and do it. that's what yeah. we do throw down. Officially thrown down Nitties and Siglanich, you beaters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number nine. We're going to move this along. We always like, like to ask the cliche question. Your dream foursome. We'll let you play five today. You're the five ball. What would be your dream four five players? Ball. Five ball. Obviously, Tiger. There you go. Um, man, I'd probably say Tiger. My dad, he passed away like five, six years ago. Six, six years ago now. And uh, probably my brothers, honestly. Okay, I mean, that's, that's the most round. enjoyable. Obviously, Tiger would be fun. And my brothers are like super, like highly inappropriate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it would just be a fantastic day. It'd be harmony. What kind, of, the, what kind of trash talk would be going on? Some heavy trash talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The trash <laughs> talk. But I mean, they're, they're not great golfers, but they'll talk shit all day. And I'm sure there'll be some good stories coming out of Tiger's mouth. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Non PG. Yeah. Just to watch the action. I'm going to hand yeah. it over to uh, Tombo for the last question of the evening. All so right. we're going to wrap this one up and let our man off the hook. And uh, 
Hopefully I do this one right. Let's I know this it. is normally C pays a spot, but I'm going to ask you the question. If you were commissioner of golf for the day globally, what kind of changes are you thinking you make? Oh man, there's this new driver rules. Ridiculous. Null that um, immediately. Executive <laughs> veto. Yeah, like we'll just start with like that since it was the most recent that um, there's just so many dumb rules in golf that just make it more fun, you know, for, for the guys that don't play all the time. Um, Anything else? Would, I would, I'd ban the arm lock putter. Uh, well, I was, I was hoping we would lead into go. that because then if the question didn't get answered fully, I'd have to ask you what your life's biggest trauma was. And that's not something we want to get into. <laughs> no, I don't like the, the arm lock to me is like, you know, it's that's still, a bigger issue. Yeah, it's, it is. And it's, it's, it's something that it's tough for them to do it now, especially when they've got all these guys using it. They should have done it when they banned the long putter. Totally. Like banned the long putter and the belly putter, but then let somebody anchor it against their arm, you know? And, and now, even now it's like, you see guys, and I won't name names, but you see guys using the long putter that they're not touching their chest, but their shirt's baggy enough to where it's like, yeah. It's le- it's so, legit. There's a lot of gray area out there. There's well, yeah. There's a lot of gray area, and, and honestly, you either just say you can use whatever you want, or you say this is what it is. You know, uh, honestly, if guys, if it was such a competitive advantage for anybody, don't you think more people would be doing it? Yeah. You really think like there's not a lot of guys out out there winning that are doing questionable shit? I mean, yeah. it's so hard to win out there on the PGA Tour. So give these guys the advantage. It, it really is. I mean, dude, like the. 46 inch driver thing. I think Mickelson wasn't his driver 47 and a half to win the PGA. I mean, and we found and what out what does it really do? Cause it's like, I, one of these drivers is probably 48 in here. I like maxed it out. <laughs> Dude, if you catch the center, it's going to go a long ways, but margin of error not easy to hit it straight. Yeah. And, and Phil oh, Mickelson, he's not a guy that hits a lot of fairways on a good day. So, I mean, obviously he was striping the ball to hit fairways out at Kiowa. Exactly. So yeah, it is what it is. Love it. Well, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thankfully we locked you down. Finally, David, you yeah, got final thank you thoughts so much, guys for having me for being patient. It was great to get to know you guys. Yeah. And, tons uh, of fun. Yeah. Love to, uh, love to promote some stuff up here in Canada. Obviously we're going to, we're going to hit you up for a discount code or something on putters, but we'll talk about oh, that off. Yeah, there. Whatever yeah. you got that you don't like, I'm happy to buy it off you <laughs> and just test it out because I love oh, that you Japanese. Say, look, this is like the holy grail for me. Don't send me like your own personal design because I'll be like, oh, yeah, we don't make that. But <laughs> yeah, like the Homer Dude, Simpson I love car. This, this one you make, but I want it with these stamps on it. I want my name on it, whatever. Yeah. Do that. Cool. Yeah. One more time, shout out your socials and where people can find Pretty Golf because they definitely need to get woke to this. Yes, so at Peretti Golf is our Instagram, and then PerettiGolf.com. Peretti is spelled P-I-R-E-T-T-I. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Credit card number, anything else you want to show out there, or we're good? Yeah, credit card. So, uh, <laughs> Social five, 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 five. <laughs> Klondike 5? Let's, let's get it all out there. Love it. You want to know what's <laughs> actually funny on that note of credit cards? I don't know if you got a chance to watch that show Squid Game, but apparently Ooh. in the show – they had someone's phone number on there. There was like an actual phone number. They didn't go the Hollywood five 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 number, and this oh person was just getting blasted with calls, with spam and harassment. That's awesome. So, oh my God. yeah, oh, that's fantastic. It'll Magic happen. TV. 
All right, sir. Thanks so much again, Four Jack Fam. This is a great episode. Definitely get into Pretty Golf. Go check that stuff out online. It is fire. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, boys.